spend so much of, of our schooling, I think, teaches your kids that it's all about what you can write down and all about what you can say. And, and I think that once you get into actual like workplace environments, you are able to take in everything that somebody is doing, what they're able to, to, to write, to draw, to express with their hands as part of this package of them showing what they, what they know. Welcome to Teach, Talk, Listen, Learn, a podcast featuring conversations all about teaching and learning from the University of Illinois, Urbana-Champaign. I'm Bob Dignan, and in every episode, I'll be joined by colleagues, faculty, and instructors from across our campus to talk teaching. Today's episode is a bit funny to do through an audio-only podcast. We're talking about how gestures and moving one's body during learning can improve all sorts of facets to learning. We're joined by two wonderful guests, and they are... Yeah, hi. I'm Rob Lindgren. I'm an associate professor in the College of Education. Hi, I'm Ava Wolf from the Center for Innovation in Teaching and Learning. So don't sit back and relax during this episode. Uh, Gesticulate wildly or listen as you do something else. And you'll have to imagine us talking with our hands and being animated as we converse around a table and microphones for this one. I do research on uh, how people learn with emerging technologies. And so when I say emerging technologies, I'm uh, talking about um, uh, uh, interactive simulations, um, augmented reality, virtual reality, video games, um, a really wide array of interactive technologies. I'm particularly interested in ways that you can actually make the interactions with these technologies more physical. So I study in an area uh, referred to as embodied learning. And so I, I, you know, people who, who work in that area see a real value in getting people to use their bodies, gestures, mm-hmm. uh, you know, moving around in, in a room, um, uh, even, you know, adopting, you know, different kinds of postures uh, as they are um, uh, interacting with, with learning materials. Mm-hmm. We, we, we take those things really seriously because we think that, um, uh, that there's a tight-knit relationship between how we move, the actions of our body, and how we think, and, and you know, uh, uh, naturally how people learn. Mm-hmm. Um, so, that, so that's what I do, do research on. Um, I uh, teach in the College of Education on topics like uh, uh, the design of educational games. Um, I teach on uh, sort of the the philosophy of uh, the relationship between uh, the body and learning. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, And I teach about just, you know, good design principles for making technologies that that help people learn. You know, when I I hear embodied, embodied learning, I think of a couple of things. One is the physical space itself, and I'm very interested in classroom design because I know and believe that the design of the classroom impacts the kind of teaching and learning that goes on there. And the other thing I kind of am curious about is what is it that's happening in the body from your from your experience and from your research? So two kinds of questions. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I and, and I, I love that there are people on this campus that care about space. Right. And, and we you know, we we I think we take that for granted. Um, you know, so so much of the history of, you know, thinking about designing learning environments and, and just, you know, designing pedagogy has been so focused on what is the information that we're giving people? What are the words that are being spoken? Uh, you know, what are the, the pictures being shown to people? But not thinking about uh, the, you know, the what we ask people to do as they are learning 
those things, how they are moving around, what are the angles, the, the perspectives that we are giving learners. And so thinking about space, thinking about what that does to their positioning to the, to the content, you know, I mean, think about like, like the differences between sort of sitting way far back mm -hmm. in a lecture mm -hmm. hall mm -hmm. uh, versus being up front, you know, n near the, the instructor or, you know, some physical objects that, that they're, they're talking about. Think about the difference that that has in terms of how much, how competent they feel, how confident mm -hmm. they feel, sure. mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, how, how involved and engaged they are with, with that content. So it's, it's really important that, that we mm -hmm. think about physical space because we know that that can have such a huge impact on on people's ability to learn their their, their interest and so i i love that you know that you know we we we're making you know new classroom spaces on this campus all the time that are you know maybe not getting it right you know the the first time but but they're we're trying they're, yeah, yeah they're, learn they're as trying. we go they're, they're yeah. experimenting mm -hmm. i mean you know we we We've both been in the uh, the campus, campus instructional, instructional facility, facility building, mm -hmm. and, and there's some some really innovative stuff happening there. And I'm mm -hmm. I'm super excited to hear from from you, Ava, about what uh, you know what we're finding about what is effective and and what mm -hmm. isn't effective about those those spaces. So you you asked about I also the, asked about the body. Yeah, what, what, you know yeah. How, how is it? How are you seeing the body as something to be studied? I guess. Yeah. How, well. Yeah. yeah. So you know. People who embrace embodied cognition, which is this idea that the the movement and the actions in the body are mm. are deeply interconnected with how we think and how we learn, and yeah. and you know yeah, and right. and that there's evidence for that in lots of different spaces, right? So there is, you know, psychological um, and and neuropsychological evidence showing that uh, when people are using certain metaphors or ta talking about certain you know physical things, things, the motor areas of their brain are firing, they're right. activating. Mm -hmm. So even though they're not necessarily moving on their own, the fact that they are thinking in a physical way shows that that uh, they are incorporating, that they're leveraging yeah. the, uh, the, mm. the the motor, the, the action parts of in our the brain moment. To, yeah. to, mm -hmm. uh, to do it. So we're, we're we're, we we've got evidence there. We we also have you know evidence that getting people to do physical things, even prompting them to make gestures mm -hmm. um, at uh, you know at key points in their learning progress, even if they don't necessarily you know uh, uh, fully understand you know what their gestures are representing, mm. those things facilitate their ability to to learn because you're you're suddenly externalizing and you're physicalizing mm -hmm. your 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 knowledge, giving you the opportunity to reflect you're on those things in ways that you weren't able. So, before. what's a practical or, example of that? I, yeah, I get the added uh, mm -hmm. ignorant benefit of being like in big, being like, what what yeah. does that mean? So, <laughs> so I've actually got a a project where we are creating um, science simulations for middle school students okay. and these are you know kind of your standard uh you know screen-based simulations where you see you know things like molecules moving around in the space but with the addition of uh the ability to interact with those simulations mm -hmm. through one's gesture so we've got oh. a, a very simple it's a leap motion device that can actually detect people's uh, hand movements mm -hmm. and so all of a sudden 
what they're what they're able to do is to control, say, you know, the frequency with which um, air molecules are hitting uh, uh, the surface of some container with which they are in, and by doing that, they are changing the pressure of that that mm -hmm. container, and so they're they're doing something with their hands where they're literally sort of tapping their the, their hands and watching you know the impact of that on mm -hmm. this you know represented system and so prompting them to use their gestures mm -hmm. even even though they're still figuring out well what does it mean when I you know when I do when I do this and, mm -hmm. and what do my hands actually represent even though they're still figuring that out mm -hmm. it really structures and really helps their ability to create better explanations of of uh, the the phenomena that they're, they're trying to and to these explain. are taught gestures they're not natural like most of us talk with our hands well, and yeah that's mm -hmm. the, it's interesting that you, you you say that because they they are they are prompted in the sense that you know you know in in these simulations we say you know use these gestures to represent this but they're not artificial because we actually we we figured out what gestures to use by just sitting down with kids and asking them fabulous. you know to to give these explanations and seeing what they chose to do mm -hmm. to rep make these representations because we knew that that you know that that we weren't going to be successful unless we found accessible forms of, of physically yeah. interacting with yeah. them. Things that would make sense to the, yeah. to the learner. Yeah. Now, to the extent that we are able, so on other projects, we try to be less prescriptive, right? We try to make them more open-ended. open, open -ended. But that's mm -hmm. where you get into, you know, where, where you need, you know, NCSA and, and uh, people doing really challenging and cutting edge uh, machine learning mm -hmm. is to be able to, you know, take somebody's natural gestures through, you know, through a camera or through mm -hmm. whatever and mm -hmm. make inferences about, well, what are they trying to communicate with those those gestures? Mm -hmm. We've actually mm -hmm. made some pretty incredible headway with that. Like you can you can do without, you know, immense amounts of training. You can do um, good gesture recognition that you can then uh, use for the, you know, the remainder of the, the session uh, you potentially, you know, the, throughout uh, yeah. a, a course mm -hmm. to be able to reinforce and to be able to continue to use people's personalized yeah. physical gesture, yeah, yeah. gestural mm -hmm. language for mm -hmm. for these ideas. Mm -hmm. So, is the is the working hypothesis of this body of work <laughs> to I guess throw a pun in there yeah, um, <laughs> that the dissonance between those motor uh, function sections of the brain and then not doing them and, and you're just a, a vat, a brain vat soaking in knowledge that that's uh, impeding learning in a way that for some individuals or maybe what you're saying is most or a lot of individuals, uh, if we could create some confluence around the, those lit up sections and yeah. it would what concretize the learning or just make better learning or yeah, more meaningful I, connections to the learning or I don't necessarily think of it as sort of like a, a hindrance uh, to uh, to learning if if I'm not you know always doing you know physical things that are in line with with what I'm thinking but I do think it's not know, treadmills in the classroom where everybody's walking <laughs> right, all the, okay, okay right okay. right no no, no. okay right it's, but it is it is a uh, I think you said uh, a confluence mm -hmm. I I a word we use a lot is congruence. This mm. this idea that when you when you 
do have the opportunity to have you know learners do physical things that are aligned with uh, in some meaningful way with what they're trying to to learn about you know having kids you know move around in a classroom uh, to represent predator prey relationships mm-hmm. um, you know it's sort of a classic example of this sure. if you if you have those opportunities to do it you should you should you should do them and 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 think about ways that you can create better technologies that elicit those kinds of hmm. congruent um, uh, actions. But that's not to say, and and I, I want to be clear about this that that I am not an advocate for you know for doing what you described, right? Like having mm. treadmills where, or having people do jumping jacks while they're you know working on on word mm. problems, like just. Mm-hmm. Just movement for the sake of movement. I mean, you know, I'm I'm very pro exercise. I yeah, think people well, should, should do that. But but I don't think that that is going to meaningfully impact people's ability to to learn. Mm-hmm. So it's it's always the you know it puts a lot of burden on on the on teachers and designers of these systems. But I think I think you get the best results when you really think about well, what are the meaningful ways we can get people to uh, to, to to move around, and and that starts to go back to the. Point before say, with comfort, the design flexibility of, yeah, in with, the classroom design with the yeah. design mm-hmm. of those spaces mm-hmm. well and, and and that's you know comfort i think you know it, it'd be easy to dismiss that ava but but i think that that just signaling to to learners that it is okay yeah. to move to that move. we yeah, want you agree. to move mm-hmm. around mm-hmm. we want you to feel comfortable in in this space mm-hmm. is is so important I, I you know i i think maybe that's Somewhat less of a problem in a, in a university space. I know it's a huge problem in in you know high schools. You know I've talked to high school teachers. Yeah. You know start talking to them about movement, and and they're like, "Well, I spend most of my day trying to suppress to my keep students them in their from, chairs. from moving." Right, right. You know because mm-hmm. it can be be so disruptive, and mm-hmm. and I totally get that. I mm-hmm. I know that that is a is a real concern, but yeah. finding the opportunities to use. To, to make productive movements and to mm-hmm. encourage students to move in ways that are reflective of what they're, they're learning and their engagement in the learning materials right. is, mm. is so important. I what, love that. What would you throw out there as a, um, a first stab at some of this? Uh, I'm, uh, tell me if I'm wrong in, in trying to apply this in a very baby step way. You have a term paper. Um, maybe you transition that to a different type of assignment where it's a class presentation, maybe a group presentation. Yeah. You, and so you, as a student, you've done some preparation, you're standing up in front of your peers, and you're doing some of what you were describing of you're gesticulating, you're up there, is a place and time where you were in mm-hmm. front of people kind of performing your report out to, is that even on the spectrum of what you're talking about here? Or mm-hmm. or if it is, and what else would you describe as like, uh, you know, you don't have to have a motion tracking camera and gestures that are moving things around on a computer screen to try in your class? Yeah, yeah, it's it's a really good question. So so I go back to, to this idea that, you know, even though it has taken a long time to to convince people that the body plays you know such mm-hmm. a, a such a big role in education I, instinctively we already know that right so <laughs> so if you're talking about somebody standing up in front of a classroom i i'm willing to bet and and you know this is an empirical study you could probably do do a, re, a, a research on on this i'm willing to bet that if you even if you like if you showed like a couple of different students giving these kinds of presentations where they are both speaking but also gesticulating, you could probably tell 
how competent they are, even if you turn the sound off and mm -hmm. you're only looking watching at their, their body, body language, watching yeah. sort of how good they are in terms of, um, you know, representing, you know, their, their ideas, mm -hmm. you know, certainly confidence comes into play, but I think it's also, also, you know, how comfortable are they, are they in terms of uh, mm. expressing themselves with, with their body? Mm -hmm. I, I th always think ahead to, assessment. I think about what would you what would you need to see from somebody in order to be convinced that they knew something, know something. that they understand mm -hmm. something. More right? that congruence, yeah. Yeah. So so you you know and 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 so my advice, you know, to somebody, you know, who is thinking like, well, how can I take this, you know, this lesson on chemistry and make it more um, make it more embodied is to is to think ahead to that like what would you what would convince you as an expert in mm -hmm. this area that somebody um uh, and and you know there will be some of that that will be you know the words that they say and the the term the mm -hmm. terminology that the, that they use but i think it, a good explanation is also you know their ways you know are the you know, can they scribble down a, a, a diagram? Mm. Can they uh, can they show you with their hands? Mm. Um, you know the the the, mm. the the key interactions, mm -hmm. the, the the relationships. Mm -hmm. You know, I think I think it's a it's a combination of of those mm -hmm. things. But but what about shy people? And there mm. there's a literature on the shy student mm. uh, or the quiet student, as it's called. Well, it, it, it's is, does that confuse the the issue, or what do you think? Yeah, you know, I, I think that that's a good question too, and and I get asked this um, uh, a lot, you know, particularly for you know the the work that I'm doing that requires a lot of you know full body movement, you know what, and and you know, I'm I'm thinking back actually to, you know, I, I worked for a number of years on the design of a museum exhibit where um, uh, it required students to act like an asteroid, where they had to essentially run across a room and, and move around. I've seen that video. It's yeah, really, really yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's a it's a great exhibit. But you know, we would bring these middle schoolers into mm -hmm. this this space, and you know, the number of uh, particularly you know um, uh, females who would you know kind of begrudgingly run with their hands in their you know mm -hmm. in their pockets. Mm -hmm. um, I it my my answer is is that it's it's a I think it's a process. I think it, you know, I think you need to have graduated entry into these kinds of experiences. I don't think you should set the expectation that everybody, you know, uh, on on day one, mm -hmm. be using the most boisterous and, and energetic right, because uh, they won't. movements because uh -huh. they because they won't. Mm -hmm. But I think the power is in showing them that the um, the movement of of their bodies has impact on their ability to communicate their ideas. Yeah, I love that. Right. Mm -hmm. So so it's not it's not trying to turn an introvert into an extrovert in in an hour, but it is it is I think signaling that there is is value, you know, beyond just sort of superficial um, uh, appearances to to using your body for uh, for communication. And I mean, truthfully, you know, somebody who's an introvert is probably also going to struggle with, you know, with, you know, saying body all the words, and mm. words. It, the, you know, not just just body movement. So it's not a I don't think it's it is um, exclusive to to uh, mm -hmm. to issues of, of, of movement and, and the body. But I think I think signaling that there is uh, that that power Benefit. there mm -hmm. because, you know, we spend, you know, it, it 
so much of, of our schooling, I think, teaches you know, kids that it's all about what you can write down and right. all about what you can say. Yeah. And, and I think that mm-hmm. once you get into actual like workplace environments, you know, I, I again, you know, you 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 are able to take in everything that somebody is doing, what they're able to 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 write, to draw, to, you know throw up on a on, on a whiteboard um, to express with their hands as as part of this package of them Confidence. showing what they what they know yeah, yeah. I, I was starting to go down similar rabbit holes when you started bringing up the qu- quiet student but then as you were talking I'm integrating all of what you're saying so I was thinking um, non-native English speakers for our context of we our, our primary mode of, of communication is in one language. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, well, then that's going to be really hard for them to translate all the directions and they might be more shy. But then I'm like, wait, maybe the embodied nature of what you're trying would actually for some it, open help. them up mm-hmm. and they would yeah. they would be connecting with their fellow classmates in ways that if it was only through language, yeah. they wouldn't be connecting or, or even the content, uh, mm-hmm. let alone their classmates. So, that's, so a good, that's a good question. Are you seeing any any similarities or differences across cultures in, mm-hmm. in the way they express themselves? Well, y- yes, mm-hmm. uh, uh, for sure. I mean, and, and that and genders for that. <clears throat> yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think the uh, the cultural difference in terms of you know how people uh, move and how they you know what they they express with their hands um you know just the different levels and degrees of of their Mm -hmm. expression really really different i had a a, you know my co-pi um uh on one of the projects i I was working on um always talked about you know his italian wife and how you know because of that Uh. town background her hands are 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 always moving and and i i and and i find that fascinating and I, and I think that what we need to do as designers of learning spaces is to you know to to try to be as uh, accommodating and flexible as possible with mm-hmm. those those differences sure. so I you know I talked about the initial project that is more prescriptive saying you know use the, these gestures to represent these things I'm trying to push my work more towards um, uh, adaptive and flexible environments where mm-hmm. where learners can define their own primitives yeah. they can say mm-hmm. well this is the gesture that i'm going to use for mm-hmm. talking about Wholeness you know exponential or, yeah. change mm-hmm. uh, because that's how i uh, understand that yeah. and and then using that consistently to work through you know different uh, different domains of uh, of learning. I think that's that is interesting. That's yeah. the space mm-hmm. I think to that we need to be working towards to be able to be accommodating of those of those cultural differences. I don't think the goal should be you know let's let's teach a gestural no, language no. to everybody that everybody understands, mm-hmm. but it it is finding well where where are are the moments in this sort of stream of physical movement that they are expressing ideas that we can build on for more learning and and, and making them more self-aware mm, as well yeah of yeah their power yeah mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. i think that i think this idea of i, I mean you know a, a lot of the the tools that you see out there now are are really just sort of mirrors in the sense that mm-hmm. they they mm-hmm. they don't necessarily do a lot in terms of making inferences about what what people are are meaning or communicating but they show you mm-hmm. uh you know how you're moving and and mm-hmm. gestures are this kind of you know interesting yeah, thing like i think a, a, life force a lot something. of people yeah. get that they are important but you know you make a gesture and then it goes away nobody mm-hmm. talks about the gesture mm-hmm. nobody really thinks about it 
the the new tech that we have is now this like cool opportunity to 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 reify and to to uh, afford reflection on those those gestures so, mm-hmm. so now i can sort of see myself and and say like oh you know i was really effective at communicating this idea because uh you know i was i was moving my hands in this way wow. um and and you can capture those uh mm-hmm. those gestures in ways that i think are really profound so uh i want to make sure because that's a mm-hmm. perfect segue into uh, emerging technology uh now we're not distinct distinguishing them fully but you laid out a lot of other uh emerging technologies as you as you see them right emerging where are we defining the yeah. line we're not saying hieroglyphics <laughs> mm-hmm. and and writing as yeah. an emerging technology but right. we're saying um you were talking earlier about ar vr mm-hmm. educational um, games educational video games mm-hmm. um and one of the things that i've been was curious i wanted you to get kind of your reactions to is there is a lot of noise out there mm-hmm. and where's the signal that um instructors professors educators where should we be honing our attention to for not only what's coming and maybe try to prepare ourselves but maybe even what's available to to start playing with now and and wouldn't take a massive grant to implement a whole bunch of new technology or what are maybe students experiencing in every other aspect of their life but not in the classroom right like you were experiencing what you were talking about before where we now it's very rigid and you have to sit down and nowhere else in their life are they are they doing that so can can we get your perspectives on what we should be paying attention to in the emerging technology space for education yeah so you're you're right there is um uh, a a lot of hype out Mm. there about you know the just you know the use of these new technologies virtual reality um, uh, augmented reality they're, they're they're very popular terms to talk about and and you know kind of, you know, it's it's the history of sort of technology uh, in the in this world where you know a new a new piece of technology comes out you know we we find you know, uh, interesting uses of those uh, in you know various sectors of our lives, and and at some point, people say, "Well, we got to use this in education. This is going to be so powerful in 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 education." But what what tends to happen is that it becomes a, a fairly crude translation, right? And mm-hmm. so the the initial go to move, and you you see this in you know the, the the advent of cinema. You see this in the advent of computer. Is to to basically replicate old pedagogies in new technologies. Ah, right? it's a new wrapper. So, so, right. Yeah. So, you, right. so you're still, you know, you're still essentially, um, you know, you're still essentially teaching, um, you know, in, in a didactic way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now instead of doing it, you know, a person standing in front of a lecture hall, you're doing it on a video and you're mm-hmm. transmitting it to, uh, you know, to, to many Untold more numbers. People. Yeah. But the, but the, the, the actual, effect of that instructionally in terms of the learning of the people who are receiving that that mm-hmm. instruction uh, probably has not changed mm-hmm. um, and there isn't really good reason to think that that it would change because you're essentially taking a lecture and you're moving it from one My context medium. into mm-hmm. in, into another mm-hmm. and and you see some of this in in even virtual reality, you see this uh, in in some of the augmented reality that there still is, you know, I, some of the first VR 
uh, stuff for education that I've seen ha has basically been, you know, let's make a VR classroom yeah, so you yeah. can sit. <laughs> you're going to put on the headset, you but then your you're going to be on, confined right? to a chair in a, yeah, in a classroom with four walls it's, it's and there's silly. ABCs and apples on yeah. the on the walls. Yeah. I mean, I've kept, I still keep, you know, screenshots from, from Second Life, uh, which, you know, mm -hmm. are, you know, at the time it was this amazing, expansive, yep. you know, mm -hmm. generative world. And, you know, they'd, they'd pack rooms, you know, and, and deliver PowerPoint presentations. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> in, in Second Life, right. uh, and and you're seeing some of this in uh, in yeah. virtual Verbella reality, well. and other and, similar and, tools as well. Yeah. And 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 while you know, I am I I, I want to be clear, I'm I'm a real enthusiast mm -hmm. of the what these technologies can yeah. bring, mm -hmm. but we need we need to make sure that we are innovating the pedagogy right. at yeah. the same time that we are innovating the technology. So when new technologies like virtual reality, you know, come on board, we need to take a critical look at it and say, what, what is this right. tool good at? Mm -hmm. So what, what I, what I get excited yeah. about, uh, virtual reality, for example, is that it is this opportunity to give people embodied because it's still first sure. person. Mm -hmm. It's immersive perspectives on things that you just simply couldn't have in the real Regular world. Classroom. So it's not it's not about replicating the things you could already do in the real world. It's about finding things that you couldn't couldn't do that you can't do. You mm. can't you you know, I can't fly, can't fly right? You know, I can't fly. <laughs> I, I, I can't I can't shrink down to the microscopic mm -hmm. level to see yes. the cells. interactions mm -hmm. between uh, molecules to see the the functioning uh, of cells temporally you could be scanning eons right. and seeing how mm -hmm. the horizon Time. changes which mm -hmm. is not right. what you would get if you went on a physical field trip to that location right yeah. and and importantly i to not just the seeing of those things but also the 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 being and the doing of those mm. things so so you know, not only can I see what a cell is doing mm -hmm. and how it's functioning, but I could potentially play a role mm -hmm. in that cell. Bump and into a, a part sudden, of it. And it yeah. <laughs> I mean, all of a sudden I, I could be. Understand respiration mm -hmm. by being right. part of that piece of the cell. I could yeah. be acting like those mm -hmm. things and I can see the consequences of, you know, when I do certain things in, in that environment. So now all of a sudden I am a part of this thing that I'm trying to learn and understand, which right. if you think about how we just learn stuff in the the real world, mm -hmm. that's how we do it, right? Mm -hmm. We sort of get ourselves involved in something, a new game, a new activity, no you know, idea. working, working mm -hmm. with friends, and you just kind of start tinkering and doing mm -hmm. things. And it's through that process that you come to understand it. Yeah, I watch a DIY YouTube video of how to do this home you know, <laughs> yeah. renovation thing. And I'm thinking, okay, I got this, I got this. And it's only until afterwards <laughs> right. that I really Really see my deficiencies or my learnings, yeah. or I did well here and I didn't. You know, you have to go through the yeah. the, the act. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And and what VR and augmented reality can can do is it can it can put you immediately in those situations where you have to act, but it can do it in a way that is supportive and nurturing. Mm. And it can you know mm. maybe you do something uh, that that is incorrect uh, with your hands uh, you as you're sort of moving an object. Because, yeah. yeah, you don't right. you don't suffer debilitating consequences, but mm -hmm. you you are are given feedback that right. can can shape and and nudge you to 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 do the the correct actions, and and it's it's almost like having an expert sort of looking over sure. your shoulder mm -hmm. and 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 moving which is is in all the you know sort of classic studies of 
of expertise and, and tutoring is, mm -hmm. is how that happens, right? Mm -hmm. And so what we want to do is create these, these very nurturing and supportive situations with the technologies that mm -hmm. we, we have available to us. So, so that it's not just, you know, replicating the lecture, but, but replicating these better learning uh, opportunities uh, and experiences that, yeah. you know, the, the problem is that, you know, I can't, I can't give a 300 person, you know, uh, archaeology course, an expert archaeologist to to work with for mm -hmm. six hours, right? That's but, yeah, that's exactly mm -hmm. a mantra yeah. that uh, yeah, our group that. has used mm -hmm. in terms of uh, video um, yeah. instruction is uh, treat it more like office hours. Yeah. Treat it like a, um, and that goes back to the pedagogy leading first. If if the if the tone and the communication is more like office hours, now you have an incredibly uh, rich, uh, very costly. Yeah. Uh, um, experience of, you know, imagine having 300 uh, tutors or, or two T's uh, mm -hmm. um, for a professor and oh, it would never work, yeah. right? So, but now if you lead with the pedagogy, if you lead with what are we trying to uh, mm -hmm. ed educate here, then you apply the technology to support it and yeah. extend it and enrich it. And, and you even used another word. I, I forget what we used. Amp? Uh, Nurturing. Yeah, yeah. Nurturing. Mm -hmm. I, so, so I think video-based instruction is a good example because I've, I've already sort of dissed video-based instruction. <laughs> okay, great. Whoops. That's my whole job. So, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So, so but maybe I, we're doing it uh, so, in a way that well, uh, that you like. But well, I think I, you're adding another layer to it. Really, yeah. So I, th I think I, I think there are are ripe opportunities even mm -hmm. with video-based instruction mm -hmm. that that we just simply need to to give more, uh, you know, more attention to more, more, mm. more research on, um, where we are, uh, doing things. So, so here's a few examples. So I, I actually did some studies as a graduate student that looked at just the simple difference in terms of how the, the video was taken for an instructional video. If you, mm. if you shoot a video, sort of like a tripod mounted, you know, uh, uh, sort of head on, uh, kind, kind of shot mm -hmm. versus a, a head cam. Like, so actually getting the perspective of the person who, who has expertise. Mm. There's a real difference in terms of what you learn. So even though the event, what you're actually hearing in yeah, terms of the words the and what you're, mm -hmm. what, what you're, the, the, uh, the actual. The instruction. Instruction mm -hmm. is the same. Mm -hmm. The viewpoint that you have on that, that right. instruction makes a big difference. That's you know, it's, it's more empathetic because you're, mm -hmm. you're, you're doing it. Yeah. And we've done that with, uh, you know, Khan Academy style where you're yeah. no longer sitting across the table, seeing an expert do the expert things you're seeing from their perspective, yeah. you're As able to enter it. their eyes essentially mm -hmm. and hear, hear their voice rattling around in your head yeah. as yeah. they're going through things. Yeah. The, the other thing is I, I've got a project right now where, where it's, you know, it's kind of typical Khan Academy style, uh, video instruction, but the difference is, is that we are prompting the learners as they are watching these videos to, to gesture. Mm -hmm. to, to even reach out and touch, you know, their their video screen and and mimic sort mm -hmm. of what the uh, the person on screen is doing in terms of representations. We're doing mm -hmm. this actually in statistics uh, uh, instruction, and and again, you know, finding a real difference because mm -hmm. we're we're prompting them to get their their bodies involved mm -hmm. in ways that that are meaningful. Yeah. still video still can do via you know remote mm -hmm. instruction, yeah. but it is it is a different kind of experience. That's amazing. Uh, I really, really appreciate you coming down and spending some time with us. Uh, as you can see, we're we're almost like just heating up and we need yeah. to almost like take a pause. But I say pause because um, with a subject like emerging technologies, there's going to be plenty more 
emerging and plenty more to talk about. So I, I hope you come back. I hope we can do this again. Absolutely. And we do have an email associated with the podcast. Of course, people could reach out to you directly. But if anybody comes up through our email, ttll at illinois.edu, and wants to keep this conversation flowing because there's a lot that we've like left on the table and mm-hmm. just revved up, um, we'll be sure to continue the conversation and hopefully uh, check back in. I love that. Thanks very much, Rob. That was really interesting. Yeah, Yeah, thank you. Thank you both. It was a great conversation. And thank you for listening. Did you listen actively? Uh, I'm not even sure what that would look like or feel like, so we'll have to have Rob back and talk about it. Uh, As mentioned, there's a lot left to explore with Rob, especially with emerging technologies and education, and there's always something new to explore there. We've linked to Rob's faculty profile page in the episode description, and do consider contacting him or us if you have more threads to start or follow. The email for the show is ttll at illinois.edu, and we'll gladly take ratings or reviews, as well as notes about your teaching to share on a future episode. This podcast was produced by the Center for Innovation in Teaching and Learning at the University of Illinois. Episodes can be found on our website, citl.illinois.edu, and on major podcast platforms. We hope you'll find us there and join the conversation.